Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Former Billy Lowe, welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Pierce, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you, as in segment number two, we're going to be joined by Jim Root. He does an amazing job over there at the Three Man Weave, and we are going to be chatting with them about what we've all seen the last few days in college basketball, a little bit of a Pennsylvania theme, as we're going to be taking a look at Dior Johnson is indefinite suspension and, shall we say, the not-so-savory situation that is going on there with Pittsburgh basketball, what that means for him as he has been suspended indefinitely. I came on this podcast not knowing what was going to be the ordeal, thinking that it was going to be an indefinite suspension. That is currently the case, so a little bit of an update there. And then we are also going to be diving into what to expect from Villanova towards beginning part of the season. Their five-star freshman Cam Whitmore going through surgery on his thumb, expected to be out for the beginning part of the season, so we're going to be diving in on that. I'm also going to get some of his thoughts on teams in general that he's starting to feel a little bit more bullish on. I know that he wrote up Conference USA along with the American, the Patriot League, and I believe the SOCON for the Almanac, a little bit of a coming together between the fields of 68, three-man weave, and he checks CBB a very good publication for the upcoming college basketball season. So we're going to be chatting with him about some of those teams. And then we're going to be diving into the Big Ten. I'll give a sleeper that I like from the Midwest, and he's going to give his as well. So we've got a great chat with Jim coming up in segment number two. Really didn't see a lot of news and notes in college basketball on Saturday. Most of them came on Friday. Lone thing to pass along, like I said just a minute ago, Dior Johnson now suspended indefinitely from Pittsburgh, and we are going to be hitting that in segment number two with our good friend Jim, and we are now 29 days away from the start of the college basketball season, so if there's anything that you want me to touch upon in this podcast, if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you. For this podcast, you can fire it in pretty much at any point before we get started for the season. Heck, in season, obviously, I'll still be answering questions as well, but you've got one or two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, so we are going to dive into our chat with Jim next, right here on the podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Easton Family Podcast. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp, and over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because 
I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much, so hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said... Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. We're back here from Las Vegas for Kelsey Kelsey with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is always great to be joined by our guests as we go out to the great state of Illinois. That is where we find Jim Root. He does amazing work over at the three-man weave and the field of 68. I know that he had a nice hand to play in the almanac that was put out by a little bit of coming together by the field of 68, along with, obviously, the three-man weave at Heatcheck CBB. He did an amazing job on that front and really everyone. Did an incredible job with that as Jim. He is just a relentless worker when it comes to taking a look at the great game of college basketball. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at Second Chance Points as QND and then Chance Points all together. And Jim, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you having me, Greg. Appreciate the Almanac plug. If anybody hasn't purchased that yet, highly recommend it. Not just because I worked on it. I think it's a terrific product. Tons of information for people who are trying to set up preseason ratings for college basketball. Be ahead of the book. Use the Almanac. I think that's going to help out people with their betting early on. Absolutely. I know that you did quite a bit on that, and I know that you were a little bit of a utility player on that, as I know that you took a few conferences and then you did a few deep dives on some players and some lists as well. So always fun there. And when you were doing the Almanac, was there maybe a team or two that, as you were diving into it a little bit more, you changed your opinion on them, whether that be to the positive or the negative? Because I know that you guys spoke with all of the D1 coaches. You were able to really dive into these programs, not just in terms of the analytics, but just them as humans in general. Yeah, I think getting uh, trying to get a sense from the coaches was really helpful of how they felt about their team. And, and of course, 
as you go through that process, you get enough you know, coach speak guys that you know everybody's more optimistic about <laughs> playing faster, and they're they're going to have more depth and more competition for spots. Like that's kind of the standard refrain. So you got to parse through that and see which ones you know you really believe because you're going to get that a lot. But just going through the conference USA, that, that was one league I wrote. I was relatively impressed with a lot of the teams. I think there's going to be. A stronger middle of that league and even really a stronger bottom unless we see a lot of injuries permeate throughout the conference and that really gives a chance for the top teams especially UAB and then maybe a North Texas or Western Kentucky to get a chance at that large bid. Last year three of the bottom four teams were Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion and they went off to the Sun Belt so they kind of cut the fat so to speak which makes that league a lot more competitive Hopefully there's going to be a lot of Q2 games for those top teams as they go through that conference. And, you know, the top teams, like I said, have a chance in that large, but then even uh, like a Florida Atlantic, a Middle Tennessee, somebody that might be viewed as a middle-of-the-road CUSA team might be a lot higher normally or than a Conference USA team is normally. So maybe they see four or five teams get into that top 100 out of CUSA. Yep, Conference USA. I do think it's going to be a really good conference. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this season UAB is a top 25 team. And to your point, Western Kentucky adding Emmanuel Acott towards the back half of the offseason. I do question chemistry a little bit towards the beginning part of it. But, man, that guy is certainly a talent, and he is going to be able to help out that team in general. But something else that we have noticed over the last few days in general is one of the more intriguing case studies in all of college basketball, taking a look at a team in the northeast part of the country, and that's Villanova. Because with Villanova, I placed them number three in terms of my predicted order of finish in the Big East a few weeks ago. And a lot of that had to do with I thought that Cam Whitmore was really going to be able to step up for this team, make a nice contribution as a top 25 prospect coming in now. We remember the last top 25 guy that Villanova brought in, Brian Antoine. He unfortunately suffered the fate of just so many injuries in general. Now he's over at Radford. But Cam Whitmore is going to be undergoing surgery next week on his right shooting thumb. And it's not necessarily too terrific. Sounds like he is not going to be good to go for the beginning part of the season. And I think that this is big news, especially with the fact that Justin Moore is going to be out for the beginning of the season as well. Because with Villanova, I still think that they've got a lot of talent, but there's no depth with this team. They haven't really used depth a ton in the past because they play slower and they try to focus on their veterans. But when you combine some of these injury issues with the coaching change, it's going to be a little bit dicier. It's not same old Villanova. It's not plug them into the top like I think we have in the past. I think you brought me on this episode specifically because I have had surgery on my shooting thumb. had a torn UCL about 10 years ago in my thumb, so I can probably speak a little bit to what Whitmore's going through. Hopefully, he regains the strength quickly. For me, it was a hard cast for like a month, and then you got to do a little rehab to get strength back in your hand. You can probably compare this situation to Derek Whitehead at Duke in that it's a freshman that's expected to do a lot, missing a lot of the preseason run-up. But I think it means a little more for Villanova because of how they play and how their style and their culture and, and the taking care of the ball and the ball movement is so ingrained in what they do. It's really hard to teach a freshman that in a short period of time. I'm a little concerned about the development for Whitmore. I'm concerned about how Villanova's going to look at the start of the year with Justin Moore still out with the Achilles and Neptune taking over for Wright. So Villanova's going to be probably more of a wait and see for me as we get into the season. I'm not going to want to risk too much one way or the other 
just trying to figure out what they're going to look like as Whitmore gets healthy and Neptune gets in charge. And I think that that entire Big East is very fascinating in general, as Jim Root does terrific work over there at the Three Man Weave. He's joining me on the podcast because when it comes down to it, I do think that there's a lot of top-flight teams, but there's not necessarily that one-set Final Four team. Like I really think that Creighton has a chance to do some very good things coming into the season. I've got them as a top-10 team. I don't necessarily have them as a top-5 team. UConn is a team that I'm relatively bullish on. I do think that this could be the year that they bust out because I do think that Tristan Newton is exactly what that backcourt needed. They return a lot of guys who are going to be able to do a solid job down low. You've got so many guys like our good friend Andre 3000 Jackson who's able to do a nice job of being Mr. Versatile for them. And I mean, even a team like Georgetown, they're much improved based on what they did in the transfer portal. But with the Big East, I feel like there's going to be a conference where I don't think that a single team gets by with, like, say, fewer than three or four losses within the conference. And you could see, like, one team like a DePaul or a Georgetown put up a real big giant stinker. But past that, I think it's going to be just very evenly matched throughout the conference, and they might poach each other as a result. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of the head of the snake eating the tail kind of thing in the Big East. I agree I have Creighton as the top team right now, but I don't have them as a top 10 team. I think they're more 12 to 15-ish. I'm curious what the perception of them would be had they not made that furious comeback against San Diego State in the first round. I think some people might still have them top 10 just because of the young guys, but that's become almost universally accepted and blasphemous to suggest otherwise. And I think preseason it offers a little bit more room for differing opinions. If you look back through the past, not every team that's a consensus top 10 team becomes a consensus top 10 team. So maybe Creighton won't actually end up reaching those lofty goals. McDermott's a terrific coach and they do have a lot of young talent. So the variance is high for them and the ceiling is high. We just have to see if they're going to hit it. Elsewhere, I think the, the biggest team maybe I'm most intrigued by right now is Butler. Our buddy Lucas Harkins just did a really big deep dive on them and the impact that having more rim protection and rim runners in both Manny Bates and Jalen Thomas, I think that's going to have a huge impact for them on both ends of the floor. And then just bringing in a steady guard like Eric Hunter to, to be the adult in the room, take care of the ball, set teammates up, play great defense, and then allow Chuck Harris to become the, the scorer and all that with Thad Mata taking over, I think Thad Mata is one of the top 15 or so coaches. He had to run over two different schools where he finished in the top 30 at Ken Palm like 15 straight years. This guy is the real deal. I think Butler's going to vault way up there and cause some more havoc in that mix. And like you said, a very parody-ridden Big East this season. I put Butler pretty much at number seven, but it's really a 6A, 6B between they and Seton Hall because a lot of moving parts with both of those schools. Both of those schools bring in a new coach. So I do think that Butler at number seven in the Big East, they've got a very good shot of being able to contend for the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, and very well done by Lucas Harkins on that write-up because I do agree that bringing in Manny Bates in terms of block shots on a permanent basis at NC State as a freshman, he was number one in all of college basketball in terms of that category. So I do think that that's going to be able to help them out. And then when it comes to a conference that I think is going to be a bit more competitive than last season, certainly you're still going to have a few bottom teams in the ACC, but I do think that it's looking a little bit more solid. And one of the teams I thought was really rising up is Pittsburgh, but now we've seen the ugly away from the court ordeal with Dior Johnson. I don't fully know what has happened with it, so I am not going to cast judgment one way or the other until the facts truly do come out and we know a little bit more. But that said, this is certainly not ideal for Pittsburgh. Mr. Johnson, he is suspended indefinitely until everything is cleared up with this, and I do think that that's the correct move. But when it comes down to it, I do think for Pittsburgh, 
Dior Johnson was really that guy that could be able to bolt them up because he's a high-variance sort of player, but a very big talent. You take a look at the offense, and they still have a little bit more than last season because they bring in someone like your Greg Elliott from Marquette, who I think is going to be able to help them out. On top of that, they had just some bad ailments last season, and they're going to be able to get some of those guys back, like in Nike Savandi. But, I mean, this is a devastating blow for a Pittsburgh team that they need to put up this year, or else Jeff Gapel is most likely going to be out of a job. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, everything's alleged with the your Johnson case, but I will just say this. If what is alleged is true, he should never see a basketball court. Like, yeah. it is bad. It is bad, bad. So I hope they're able to get that figured out and, and sorted out. And another fact of, this, of the matter is, is the third straight year where a pit player has been accused of a felony, like right around the preseason. Last year it was Ethel Horton. Before that, I believe it was John Hughley. So it, it's not pretty what's going on off the floor. And combined with what's been going on on the floor for Pitt, it is, it is really a tough time for Capel. I kind of could talk myself into what Pitt had if Johnson was out there giving them that upside one-on-one type winner in the backcourt, guy that could beat somebody else off the bounce and, and force rotations. Nellie Cummings is a little bit more of a system guy, play within in that system and let the system create shots for him. That's what he was at Colgate. And the rest of their, their backcourt isn't as dynamic with the ball in their hands. They're going to have to play through Hughley a lot in a league that has some competent big men that can contend with him. I'm not very high on Pitt. I haven't been impressed with the way Capel is put teams together in the past. They've had chemistry issues for two years running. I wouldn't be surprised if they run into it again this year. I would say I'm pessimistic about Pitt's fate, especially now that it seems like Dior Johnson will probably never take the court. Yeah, because I was thinking that with bringing in Dior Johnson, you know what? Now you've got that dynamic player that you're bringing in. Jamarius Burton, I think, could be a little bit of a glue guy, and as a result, I was willing to put Pitt into my top ten in the ACC. They were right there with Boston College. Now they probably fall below NC State. I still think that they're clear of Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is going to be one of the worst power conference teams aside from our good friends over there at Oregon State at Syracuse. That's Well, that's not good what's happening over there at Syracuse, but man, that is not what Pittsburgh needed to say the least. As we got what we needed on this podcast as Jim Root does a terrific job over there at the three-man weave. He is joining me, and then because you are a man that is out there in the great state of Illinois, we've always got to get your thoughts prior to the season on the Big Ten, just because this is a crazy conference, one that is going to be run by big men. There's been a lot of people that have been either Team Indiana or Team Illinois coming into the season as that number one team in the conference. I personally am a little bit more in the boat of Illinois, but I just take a look at this entire Big Ten, and it just seems top to bottom down because a lot of programs have not adopted in recent years. So the transfer portal, we've seen it too a school like Michigan State, a school that I really don't know what to make out of them because they don't have that one go-to score. I actually give a little bit of credit to Ohio State because I think that they've done a solid job of bringing in transfers, but as it necessarily worked out for a lot of the guys that they brought in due to injury issues. But I take a look at the entirety of the Big Ten, and I'm just not bullish on what I see. Maybe you have a little bit of a different opinion than myself, but I feel like this could be a really down year for the conference. Yeah, no, I'm with you. There's still lack of guard play, I think, really hurts this league. I don't think they've recruited guards that well. I don't think they've been as active in the portal, like you said. Maybe the NIL opportunities are not as strong in a conference like the Big Ten. There just haven't been the the numbers flying around for those schools that have made a lot of the, the prominent names in the portal go north. They've all gone southeast or west. It seems like those are the most notable paths. 
And so that lack of guards, they will beat up on each other in the league. I think there will be a lot of fun games because of the big man matchups we'll get. But I think they'll probably struggle in the postseason again for the third year running because they're not as guard-heavy as a lot of other conferences. I will say, I'll throw my hat in the ring as the favorite. I'll, I'll be a Michigan man. I know you said some Illinois. Definitely, that's out there. Indiana's out there. I'll go for Michigan. Juwan Howard, Hunter Dickinson, and I kind of like the pickups they made. Jalen Llewellyn. At point guard, and then I really like Jet Howard, the freshman coming in from IMG Academy, son of the coach. So if I had to pick a favorite, it would be Michigan, but I'm with you. I don't think there's a top 10 team here, and the lack of guard play is really what's going to doom this league down the stretch and into the postseason. Yep, I totally agree with you there. And just a lack of development from some of these, shall we say, lesser teams. And if there is a surprise team out there, am I crazy for thinking that Minnesota can perhaps do a little bit of something because I love the fact that Dawson Garcia is going to be going back into the state. I don't know how he and Jamison Battle are going to be able to coexist on the floor, but I take a look at Minnesota last season and they were a team that they night in and night out always gave you a solid effort. They just were a little bit outgunned. I was talking about a lack of depth with Villanova. Well, exhibit A in terms of teams with a lack of depth last season. That would be Minnesota, but I do take a look at this bunch, and I do think that they're going to be able to improve just a little bit in terms of having a bit more consistency out there on the floor, adding in there a guy that's six foot eleven in Garcia that's able to pop threes. I feel a little bit better about this team, and I feel like in a down Big Ten, there's opportunities for wins and them to be able to surprise. Yeah, Minnesota could, could exceed expectations if that duo really just causes matchup problems night in, night out. And they could because they've both got size, they've both got shooting ability, they're both lefties. It's a little bit harder to prepare for between Garcia and Battle. The guard play could be a little questionable, and they did lose, like you said, their, their depth is tough because for the second straight year they lost Parker Fox and Isaiah Enan to torn ACLs. Those, those poor guys are... Really struggling with knee health. I think the sleeper for me in that conference is Penn State, and maybe that's they're starting to get a little bit of love, but I'll still give them the, the sleeper label. They're kind of the opposite of the entire league. The strength of their roster is not at center. They're probably going to start a four-star freshman there. But I like the backcourt. They brought in a couple mid-major point guards. Jalen Pickett was really impressive in his first year in the Big Ten last year, and then Cam Winter coming over from Drexel I think gives them multiple ball handlers. Might be able to play a little bit faster than the molasses pace they were at last year, but they're the number one against the spread team in the conference last year, 19 and 12 against the number. I think Penn State continues to maybe outperform expectations a little bit. Uh, I like Shrewsbury at coach. They can figure out how to, to battle on the glass. They're going to be a, a thorn in opponent's side every night in the Big Ten. And Jim, they've got the funk. Andrew Funk, who comes in from Bucknell as well. So that's always something that we've got. And we've always got the funk one year here, Jim, because you do amazing work over there at the three-man weave. I know you are hard at work getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. You did amazing work taking a look at Conference USA, as I mentioned, for the Almanac. I know you did a couple other conferences and a couple other lists for that publication as well. So love to give people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along with all of your work on social media and other platforms. Yep, I wrote Conference USA, the SOCON, the American, and the Patriot. Those four leagues for the Almanac, the most USA-themed you can get, American, Patriot, and CUSA. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, really a plug in the country there, but check those out. I got some good insight in there. Leading up to the season, I'll have a couple more things on Three Man Weave. I'll be looking at my, my futures bets. I always write a, a quick peek at futures on our site that has done really well over the past five or so years. The first year was a disaster, but the, the last five or so have been pretty consistently profitable, so would recommend checking that out. I have some bold predictions, a couple other write-ups. I have been 
late up the past week or so after reconstructive surgery on my ACL. That wasn't great, but you know, Greg, I'm getting an insight into these players that are recovering from the same injury. So there's value in everything, and that's what I'm kind of aiming for here. So check out the Three Man Weave website, College Basketball Podcast, Three Man Weave, and we'll see everybody as the season continues to approach. Yes, sir. There is always value when we get Jim Root on this podcast because he does an amazing job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. And anytime we can get any of the gentlemen from the three men we have aboard, it is always an offer that we must take up. And Jim, one of the best in the business. A big thanks to him for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you are able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, when I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, Leonard ZM, maybe it does not matter. Size per usual. Please do send these into the timeline any other way. That is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. We've got five conference previews left to go. We're probably going to be doing one every, I would say, about five or so days. I'll be doing at the very minimum one within the next few days. I am planning on most likely doing the Big Ten within the next few days. Might turn out to be the Atlantic Ten. That one is probably going to be the next one on deck, so we're going to be cycling through those. And we are now 29 days away from the start of the college basketball season. Then once we get started, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.